dude, you're getting a $67 billion buyout offer on this tech edition of Industry Focus. Greetings, fools. I am Sean O'Reilly here at Fool Headquarters in Alexandria, Virginia. It is Friday, October 16th, 2015, and with me today is the always stylish Dylan Lewis. How's it going today, Dylan? Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, you, of course, remember the old Dell commercials. Yes. Dude, you're getting, dude, a, you're Dell. getting a Dell. We were saying we, they got to bring him back. Do you think they did? Well, they definitely need to, although he's probably, what, 40 now? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that'd be kind um, of a cool callback. That actually really would be. his kids, like, hanging out. Yeah, that'd be amazing. And yeah. then he gives them, like, a, a Dell laptop <laughs> and everything. Um, so, uh... I guess, long story short, apparently Michael Dell woke up one morning and decided he needed to write a $67 billion check. Yeah. Um, that's obviously a lot of zeros. A lot of zeros. Um, but before we dive in, what exactly is he buying? Yeah, so this is one of the biggest... The biggest. Yes. I mean, stop me. If, yeah. it, if it goes through uh, tech deals of all time, uh, and Dell announced Monday that uh, they've agreed to buy this uh, EMC, which is a uh, corporate software storage security giant. Um, was it founded by uh, Albert Einstein? No. Fun shout out to my alma mater. Uh, the two to the founders, uh, Egan and Marino, both Northeastern University grads up in Boston. Unbelievable. Yeah. And it is a throwback to EMC squared, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and this is just kind of another interesting development in what we've seen over the last couple of years with Dell. I mean, if you remember about two years ago, uh, they had this highly levered LBO to take the company private. Um, so it's just another kind of weird thing to watch for. And we're going to try to make sense of it here for the listeners. Yeah. So $67 billion happens to be the GDP of Myanmar. So wow. why is Michael Dell spending the GDP equivalent of Myanmar on a cloud storage software company? Mm-hmm. So with the transition to going private, um, I think one of the other things that we've seen Dell do in the last couple of years is pivot from being a personal computing company uh, where you're working primarily towards customers, uh, like retail customers like you and I, and more towards enterprise IT solutions. And... You know, like so, you're seeing them. Emphasize- Do we have any? Supposedly, since this happened, the you know the buyback and the pivot. Up, supposedly, they're rocking it. Like Michael mm-hmm. Dell says, we've never been better, making tons of money, all this stuff. Um, the fact that they're about to spend sixty-seven billion dollars seems to hint that they have been somewhat successful. Um, I'm kind of suspicious, though. But anyway, all right, go on. <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's one of the frustrations with them being private is right. like you have very little insight into well, what's going on. <laughs> and I think that's one of the things that Michael Dell has emphasized in all the announcements for this is he said, you know, like being private grants us all of this flexibility and removes this level of scrutiny that you have as a publicly traded company. Well, and he constantly complained about dealing with the the quarterly short term mentality of Wall Street. Yeah. So there's that. So uh, EMC now escapes. That uh, that scrutiny, oh boy. yeah. Um, but I, I think by and large, this is really um, two companies that have struggled a little bit in recent years. Um, hopefully, maybe setting up a, like a one stop shop type option for um, for corporate IT. And basically, one of the problems that Dell's run into, and I think uh, that EMC has run into quite a bit recently, is that all of these people or all these corporate clients that were willing to set up their own data storage centers and have all the solutions to support them in the past are now instead spending their dollars on cloud service options from Amazon, Google, Microsoft, etc. And so this whole segment of the market's kind of changed. And, you know, like Dell and EMC can pivot towards it, but um, I, I think the idea of them working together and giving a full suite option to the people that are interested in hosting their own stuff and managing it all on their own... Um, is very compelling, and I think that's one of the main motivations. Yeah, I almost feel we'll get into this a little bit later, but it almost feels like EMC is getting the better part of this deal. But 
Yeah, <laughs> it remains to be seen. Um, one of the things, you know, like anytime you hear biggest, uh, you know, acquisition or biggest proposed acquisition, you know, how does this stack up uh, to what we've seen in the past? Funny you should ask. <laughs> um, so I did look up the biggest tech deals of all time. Um, I'm not going to read through the whole list. Um, just listeners, Google biggest tech deals of all time. You'll be able to find it. Um, the tenth biggest was just seven point nine billion, and that was Oracle acquiring BEA Systems in January two thousand eight. Um, they actually got this was actually one of the best deals on this list. They mm. got their WebLogic software that still powers their Fusion middleware product. I've never heard of it. I sure you haven't either. <laughs> um, but it's still in their you know, suite of offerings. I mean, it's there. Yeah. Um, on the other end of the spectrum, you have stuff like um, I'm sure we're all all aware. Um, Compaq's merger with uh, uh, acquisition by HP. Mm-hmm. Um, that was actually number three on our list, so third biggest acquisition. That was $19 billion back in 2002. Um, that was... Did not turn out oh, quite heck, so I'm well. Just gonna, I'm just going to say it. It's the worst one on here. Yeah. Um, 30,000 people lost their jobs in the wake of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is not pretty. Um, kind of middle of the road, but still not great acquisitions, was um, Compaq, Compaq buying digital equipment for just under $10 billion, 1998. Turned out to be terrible. Symantec, $10 billion acquisition of Veritas. Terrible deal. Actually, they had to sell Veritas a few years later, actually this summer, uh, for $2 billion less than they paid wow. like, years later. So it's I quite, mean, a, quite a write-down. It's not. Yeah, yeah. it's $2 billion write-down. They're like, yeah, we can't make this work. Yeah. Um, this acquisition, I'm not going to say it's going to be bad because Michael Dell over the last two years has supposedly proven himself and his ability to run a private tech company. Mm-hmm. Um, but this seems more like the compact buying digital equipment, the Symantec deal I just mentioned, or even HP's $13.9 billion acquisition of uh, Ross Perot's electronic data services. Mm-hmm. Um, that hasn't worked out well. The company has suffered major layoffs ever since. Um, you know, you're talking about how companies have all these options for storing all their data. Mm-hmm. They don't why go to I, I don't know yeah. it's making a one stop shop is it, it seems to be what everybody attempts on this list and yeah. at best with mixed results okay so aside from where tech is going just looking at the scale of the merger itself and the size of the deal i i think it can be really hard to make the numbers work it, it yeah and i think that's something that's plagued a lot of the uh the M&A's on the, this list. The next biggest one was number two, JDS Uniphase spending $41 billion on eTech, which yeah, that was back in July 2000. So 15 years have gone by, and they're spending $27 billion, $26 billion more. Yeah. I mean, this is... Yeah, and with this deal, I haven't seen a lot in terms of cost cutting, yeah. you know, or like synergies or things Has like that. Has that even been mentioned? No, I haven't seen much on it. And like those are the buzzwords that you're like, okay, well, you know, you might be able to realize savings right. of X amount and you right. can kind of factor that in. This is much more of a product offering right. type thing, it seems. Uh, did you hear what Meg Whitman, the CEO of HP, said about this? No. She was addressing all of her, it was weird. She was like addressing all of her employees and she was talking about how uh, she's basically just making fun of them or something. Like, <laughs> uh, they're being stupid. Uh, she's like, oh, yeah, they're going to have to spend $2.5 billion a year on interest to make this happen. I'm like, if it's a good idea, I I, I don't know. She wasn't criticizing the idea. She's just criticizing the, the, the financing, the debt. Yeah, I don't know. Weird. Anyway, very odd. Uh, so moving on, this is obviously the biggest check deal of all time. The only other thing that it would compare would be AOL Time Warner's merger mm-hmm. back in the late 90s. But yeah. that's not really tech. That's more of a – yeah. it's not. Um, so – this is kind of a departure from what we've been seeing, though, in tech. It is, yeah. Um, you know, so you're seeing Dell get even bigger, and, and you know, they're private, so grain of salt here. But um, a lot of 
public tech companies that we're seeing are scaling down a bit. Um, you know, HP uh, is close to completing their spinoff, um, kind of separating their consumer PC-focused business and the corporate IT solutions business that they have. Even the more successful tech companies are just letting their bank accounts pile up. They're not doing anything. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if that's valuation-based and you yeah. know, just dealing with the market's kind of rich. Um, similarly, you know, so eBay spun off the PayPal business segment. Uh, you know, earlier this year, Carl Icahn, cough, cough. <laughs> yeah, and, and there, there was some activism there. But um, yeah, I think a lot of tech companies are willing to let these business segments stand alone and have uh, you know focused management and you know clear goals and uh, benefits for their shareholders. You know, it, it's a lot easier to run uh, a more segmented business than right. to try to you know manage this blend and kind of have this like symphony of all these different uh, business segments working on yeah and i mean you can see it this isn't a perfect parallel too but you know with how google restructured to provide each business segment more autonomy you know like that's a little bit different but you know again like we're we're seeing like there's a clear ceo for their search business and all of their like right. online and properties um so it is a little interesting to see uh, a huge tech acquisition when it seems like a lot of the market is kind of moving in the other way somebody's going to be proven wrong someone will be proven wrong uh well before we move on to the merits of this deal for emc shareholders i wanted to point our listeners to the newly redesigned focus.fool.com there you'll discover a special offer to join the motley fool stock advisor newsletter for all industry focused listeners all loyal if listeners have access to a special discount on stock advisor that works out to 129 for a full two-year subscription. Just go to focus.fool.com to take advantage of this offer. Once again, that is focus.fool.com, and there you'll see Dylan and I's handsome mugs. <laughs> um, all right, so what does this deal look like for EMC shareholders? In particular, we'll get to it, but I, yeah. the, the weird tracking stock yes. thing. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, so just to get into the nuts and bolts here, uh, Dell is offering EMC shareholders uh, $24.05 a share in cash and nine uh, $9.10 worth of this tracking stock of VMware. And I think something that we didn't get into earlier is EMC <laughs> owns an 80% stake in publicly traded VMware. And so of VMware's ownership, even though it's a publicly traded company, right. only 20% of it is, you know, is their float for, is their you know, publicly traded shares. One of the criticisms that I've seen of this is um, you have no rights. It's a tracking stock. And in, in the event of something bankruptcy-ish or voting, there requires just something, you really kind of have nothing. Yes. Uh, so while Dell would control, uh, so while Dell's economic interest in VMware with this deal would be like 28%, uh-huh. uh, they would control VMware, which is kind of interesting. Um, and so there's this tracking stock, and the idea here is it will mirror exactly what's going on in the publicly traded exchanges. Um, and it is in itself something that you can, you know, there's a lot of liquidity with you can trade I've freely. I've seen a lot of criticisms that the analysts are pretty darn sure this is going to trade for a pretty decent discount. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think there's going to be a haircut. And um, I thought there was this really awesome column on Bloomberg View written by Matt Levine. And he said, if you squint, the tracking shares look kind of like the economic equivalent of VM, uh, VMware shares. But if you ha- but you have to squint pretty hard. They're sort of VMware shares filtered through Dell's discretion to do whatever it wants with them. Yeah, I mean, I'm not s- suggesting that uh, uh, Dell would do this, but what's to stop them from taking something proprietary and then making their own business? And I, I don't know. Yeah, like, it, it, it is weird. And I mean, I'm, like because they do have the economic interest there, I don't think there's any conflict. You right. know, I mean, like they want VMware to do well. Right. Uh, so I don't know that that's the issue, but um, it is kind of bizarre, and it's a weird thing to have to yeah. navigate through here. Um, and one of the main reasons that the deal is being set up this way, the proposed deal, uh, is because 
it would have been almost impossible to do it without this type of option. Um, they would have had to assume a lot more debt to make it happen okay. otherwise. Or, um, you know, there were thoughts of possibly spinning off VMware, you know, selling it prior to the deal or making mm-hmm. it contingent on the deal, and then, um, you know, then lessening the value of what you'd be acquiring with the MC, right? But the, the problem with that is uh, there'd be a huge tax bill associated with it. Right. And so uh, I've seen estimates that it would cost like $8 billion in taxes uh, for them to uh, sell that segment. So that's one of the reasons that the deal has been structured this way. Unbelievable. Yeah. I, can't, I, I imagine there was some candle burning into the late hours trying to figure out what to do with <laughs> VMware. Um, so if you're a VMware regular shareholder, mm-hmm. um, are you nervous? What's the It's the weird, right? Here? I mean, so like you have a, all of a sudden like – all these extra shares that are available, and they're not ownership shares. You're like Dell has the ownership. World War Two or something. <laughs> it's <laughs> like you're you're like beholden to Dell, but there are all these other shareholders, and they don't have voting rights. Like it, it's this very weird thing, um, and it's just kind of bizarre. So VMware, it's EMC in the announcement of the deal has been relatively flat. Like there there hasn't been much of a market reaction. Um, VMware has gone down. Uh, you know, it, it's lost a couple percentage points since the deal was announced. Um, I think some of that is related to the increased liquidity and just like the fact that there will not be this major, you know, kind of like it's not private held when EMC is owning it, but it's set aside. You know, there's a lot of stability that comes with that. Yeah. Um, So there's that side of it. And I think also it's just the uncertainty of not knowing what Dell's intentions are with it. You know, it's kind of wonky. It's a little weird. Um, So it's. Definitely something that you want to get some more clarity on before you'd want to initiate a position with them. Um, you know, if, if you're on there, if they're on your watch list, you'd probably stay there. Uh, you right. know, I wouldn't do anything with them anytime soon. Um, but it, it's something to watch. Yeah. So uh, before we head out here, I was talking with Market Foolery's Chris Hill earlier. Mm. We don't have any notes on this. I'm just curious your thoughts. Um, this really doesn't impact uh, foolish investors right now, unless you're an EMC shareholder. Um, but uh, someday Silver Lake's going to want to cash out a Dell. I mean, something. I, I would not be surprised if uh, Dell had an IPO again at some point. Um, do you think this company is going to succeed? Like, what do you? What are your thoughts? So this is a. It's a hundred. Stop me. It's a yeah. hundred billion dollar company now. It's it's a huge deal. Um, like we said, I mean, it, we underscore the fact it's a sixty seven billion dollar deal. It's yeah. multiples of the previous, uh, you know, largest yeah. tech acquisitions. Uh, I'm always bearish on huge acquisitions. I, especially in the tech marketplace. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, Google's little nibbling here and there is always good, but <laughs> yeah, I will. I will wait and you know take smaller gains on a more certain outcome when it comes to this kind of stuff than yeah. say like hell yeah, this is going to happen. Um, so you know, I don't want any part of it for the time being. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to watch it play out. You know, Michael Dell has proven time and time again that he's super innovative when it comes to corporate structure and for sure. keeping his company afloat. So, pop some popcorn, it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, if you're a loyal listener and have questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. Just email us at industryfocus@fool.com. Again, that is industryfocus@fool.com. As always, people on this program may have interests in the stocks that they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against those stocks, so don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear on this program. For Dylan Lewis, I'm Sean O'Reilly. Thanks for listening, and Fool on!